It is. Okay, can I ask this question now? Yes. I no, said it no. I said it what yeah, I said it yesterday. I just want to bring it up again. So You said it literally yesterday. The clock just struck midnight. Okay, whatever. You know. <laughs> yes. We do these podcasts very late at night. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the first ever video episode of the Hockey Podcast. If you're listening right now on audio, guess what? Nothing changes. If you're here for the first time on Nick's YouTube channel, uh, Windy City Hockey, this is the Hockey Podcast. It is a Blackhawks fan podcast about Chicago Blackhawks. My name is Tyler, and we usually have a another co-host here with us, Wally. He's not here with us today, but we do have our two other co-hosts. Nick? Hey, you guys already know me. <laughs> and John? Um, I'm sad that Lucas Reichel has been called up. Yes, he has. <laughs> um, and because we have video podcasts now, we have an extra segment that we can add into this. Nick is our jersey guy. So, Nick, what jersey are you wearing today? Well, I'm wearing my 2016... Nicholas Jarmerson Stadium Series jersey. Yes, we lost 6-1, but this is still a great jersey. Yeah. um, The Stadium Series in 2016, was that that Minnesota? That was the Minnesota game. Minnesota, okay. Was that the game where they fired Mike Yo the the day before? Uh, I think they fired him about a week before those. It was a couple games before, and that was was their first game with their new coach. Yeah, it was yeah, one of their first games. Badly, yeah. All right, I have on my Brandon Hagel jersey, which we will talk more about later because I was at last night's game against Tampa, and um, bagel. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and, wearing a Rock Valley sweatshirt and a Rockford hat as well. An autograph on it. Looks like an autograph on there. Yeah, who's got the? What's the autograph on the uh, on the hat, this one the hat? Yeah, this is the Isaac Phillips uh, created hat. Oh, oh, that's a really, it's really nice, and, and it's got an Isaac Phillips autograph on. That's sick. Well, it's like printed on, so it's not a real autograph. It's still it was it was a hat designed by him. Yeah, it's a hat designed by Isaac Phillips. That's cool. That's they did cool. they did one this year with uh, Josiah Slavin. He I tried that. getting that hat. I couldn't get it in time. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's get into the first point of business. Um, earlier today, we all saw that there was the uh, World Junior uh, semifinals that happened. The finals are tomorrow, and I just want to go through a quick rundown of some of the things that happened. First off, involving Hawks prospects. Obviously, you guys probably know this. Colton Dock, a couple of games ago, got injured when he was playing, and a really difficult situation. It was, I believe, they were playing against Sweden. And it was a bad, bad injury. He runs into, he's just going for a check. It wasn't even something that should have caused an injury. And then, bam, he's just like, something really bad happened to his shoulder. I don't know if we know the exact detail of what happened to his shoulder. I don't, they didn't give any detail, but the way it looked, hopefully it wasn't, but they showed him in a sling the following day. So I hope it where he can come back sooner rather than later because 
it looked his shoulder looked messed up. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. Can we stop sending docs to the world juniors, please? <laughs> it is so terrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and there is actually a very weird parallel with that as well. Not only it's like this wasn't like if you talk about plays where people would get injured and like freak accidents. The play where Curry Doc got hurt was literally just a collision through the neutral zone. And the play where Colton Doc got hurt gets hurt. He's going for a body check. Yeah. It's not even there's there's no reason for either of them to get hurt in that situation. And the other weird parallel in that situation, the Hawks ended up drafting the guy that Kirby Doc collided with, Ilya Safanov, the next year. So I just want to point this out for everyone who's watching this right now. The guy that Colton Doc tried to body check when he got hurt, his name is Victor Scholholm, S-J-O-H-O-L-M. He's undrafted. And he's in his draft D plus two year. If he gets picked by the Hawks, you heard it here first. <laughs> how, right. how much is the wager on that? Do you know? Do we know? Oh, I'm, like not over putting, under? I'm not putting any money. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't bet. I. I don't. I. I you do. You. I don't sports gamble. <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I'm just wondering what's like the odds that we pick this guy up. Probably not very high, but it would be funny. Um, but then on to the rest of the uh, World Juniors talk. Um, both all Hawks prospects that played in the World Juniors made to the semifinals. Uh, we only had Hawks prospects on two teams, Canada and Sweden. Sweden ended up playing a really nice game against Finland in the quarterfinals, where with about a minute and a half to go, on the penalty kill, Victor Herm, uh, Victor Her- yeah, Hamburg, Vic- Victor Hamburg ends up stripping the puck away, ending up on a breakaway, and he scores to give Team Sweden the 3-2 victory. To note, it was also a shorthanded goal. It was a shorthanded goal. One of my favorite things I've seen his first goal of the entire year. He hasn't scored yet for Vasho this season. So yeah, his first goal, not just in the world juniors, but in the entire season, absolutely fantastic stuff to see from him. I love Victor Hamburg just because his name is so hard to pronounce and everyone in the, like all the announcers are calling him Sternborg and I know it's not right. I know it's not right, so I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> but, but like, but like, it's still really cool to see to see Vic yeah. uh, scoring in the World Juniors in such a massive moment as the team captain, leading yeah. them, beating beating their team, their longtime rivals, Finland. Sad to see them get knocked out by the Czechs, but still, really, really cool moment for uh, him there. And then the other one is Team Canada. They obviously have Colton Dock, as we mentioned before, even though he's hurt now. But they also have Korchinski, Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, as well as Bedard and Fantilli, two guys who we could be taking in the draft. Future Blackhawks. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> if if not, if not, Leo Carlson had a fantastic tournament as well. He's going to be very good. So um Korchinski, Allen, Dock. Um I Ethan Del Mastro is going to frustrate people for years. He reminds yeah. me of Nikita Zadorov in a way. But Del Mastro's a little bit on he plays on the edge, but I feel like he can control 
that even control it more than how Zadorov was. Zadorov just went out there and wanted to punch someone. It felt mm. like. Yeah. I also think that with Del Mastro, he just looks like a hockey player. Like he has like, you know, like the missing tooth and he's got like the, he's got like the massive, just a massive flow yes, behind his head. He looks, it's just like this, just the, he is like your prototypical third pairing defensive defenseman. He just looks like Radko, if Radko Gudis was a Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I mentioned that is because Team Canada ended up beating the U.S. today. That was sad. They ended up winning 6-2. Uh, some, some goal interference calls? Some goal interference calls? I probably wouldn't have called those goal interference calls. I, wouldn't but... call, I would call the first one goal interference, not the second one. The second, the second one, one was not goalie interference. The second one's just well, None of them are goalie interference. I can understand that, too, also. I... Oh, I'll say here. Here's my question: If that was NHL rule books, is that goal interference? No, either. No, I don't think so. I don't think but either. I don't think way either. it's written in the IH, uh, the double IHF. It's a little bit more differently written mm-hmm. than how the NHL is, and it felt like how the first one was was more goalie interference than. The second time, yeah. The second one was just them pushing the pocket, and like, yeah, it's just weird. Um, but that's everything with the World Juniors. Um, Team USA will play Team Sweden tomorrow in the early game for the bronze medal, and then Team Canada will play Team Czechia for the gold medal. First game, I believe, is at one thirty Central, and the second game is at five thirty Central, or something along those lines. Okay, we will see what happens with our players. Will Team USA get a bronze medal? Will Victor Krumborg get a bronze medal as team captain? What about Del Mastro, Doc, uh, Korchinski, Millen Allen? We'll see there. Bedard Fantilli, will will Bedard continue to score more points? Will Fantilli continue to be fantastic, as he was in this last game? A very good game. (laughs) Note, the Czech versus Canada gold medal game is a rematch of the first game against each other in the tournament. And that game... uh, Canada did not look very good in that game. They, they looked uh, terrible. They didn't yeah. look like the team. Important note there, Benjamin Gaudreau started. And Benjamin Gaudreau was the, probably the main reason why they lost that game. Thomas Millich has been out of his mind. Yeah. Out of his mind so far this tournament. So him versus um, the, uh, Suhanek, who's the goalie for the Czechs. It's going to be a good matchup there. And, you know, the Czechs also have some really good players. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how Bedard versus Juracek. That's going to be a good that matchup. matchup. A.K.A. That the ma- player we should have gotten. <laughs> Instead of I mean, Seth Jones. Bedard versus Juracek is going to be... That battle is going to be just fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that a lot. But with that, let's move on from World Juniors and move into Hawks-specific news and information. Starting off, a um, couple injuries that have happened as of late. Um, it looks like Mackenzie Whistle and Jujar Kara are both going to be heading to injured reserve. They weren't playing the last couple of games. It was um, retroactive to the yeah. 25th, if I remember was, correctly. I guess it was 27th or something like that. Okay. So they could be back this weekend. Yeah, it's been like over a week. So 
they, and there is time for them on IR to like be, you know, they are, they're not going to be on IR for long, but they will be on IR for some time. In their places, the uh, Hawks called up Brett Seamy and Lucas Reichel. Pain. Yeah, I know John's not very happy about this because he's he was looking forward to watching Reichel play. And Seamy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the Iowa game. Or the first Iowa game. Yeah. That's Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday. We play a back to back. So mm-hmm. there's a it's a Saturday game and a Sunday game. Okay. Um another injury to note, um Arvid Soderblom got hurt for the Rockford Ice Hogs. This one was in one of the games. This was so can I first, describe it? This was in the first game that we are going to talk about. It was against um it was against Grand Rapids. Uh John, yeah, John, what happened? Um, so it was the first period. It was like probably like not even ten minutes in, and he leaves just suddenly. I didn't even see him leave. He got off the ice so quickly, and so we all thought it was like a. We were praying to God it was a equipment malfunction that he just quickly went to the locker room for, and he never returned. And then they posted about the injury on their Twitter. I think like five days later. <laughs> I wonder if my after the one tweet I said let's go and how about an update on Soderblom? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean the fit because the fans, it happened the next day they posted about it. Yeah, no, um, we've seen this with AHL and um, you know, just hockey in general, especially with um, the Frank Nazar stuff as well. When like, oh we, God, are we are we ever going to hear from the University of Michigan about what's going on with Frank Nazar? Most likely not. <laughs> probably, but we'll probably just find out that oh, he's back now, and that'll be he's, like he's in the lineup. And then we that's find what happened out. To, that's what happened it'll, to, it'll be some random game in March, and it'll be like, oh, look, Frank's back. Yeah, that's what happened with Vlasic. Yes, that's, and that's the next point. Alex Vlasic is back way ahead of schedule. He was supposed to be out for six weeks with a uh, leg fracture. However, it looks like it's going to be close to three. And Nick, I think you have some uh, personal experience that you can share on the topic. Well, last year and going into the week before Thanksgiving, I was playing hockey and I broke my leg. And I was supposed to probably be out for about six to eight weeks after the surgery went through. I ended up being down for two weeks and I wasn't able to get back on the ice until after because I'm not a professional at playing (laughs) hockey. I play beer league, but yeah, I, I, don't know if it was the fact he was able to heal up pretty quick, but or it was the fact that he had a surgery or that he caused where he didn't have as much damage as what could be causing. If it was lower leg injury, if it was a higher leg injury, if it was a lower one, he could have damaged more n- nerves because that's what I was worried. They were worried about me if I tore anything and. That's basically something maybe if he didn't tear anything, it caused him to have a quicker uh, heal time. Yeah. Um, I know that's probably the case. It could have been something where it was like a clean break, so it fused back together quite easily. And then, oh, look, he's back way ahead of schedule. 
Hopefully he's not rushed back, obviously. We don't need to yeah. rush him back for yeah. any situation. He was playing we decently have, before. We know. have guys, but you know, I like I've loved what I've seen from Alex Vlasic so far this year. Plus I playing time for Adam Quandening. Hey, we hey Adam Glendening had had a really good assist this week. I don't care. He did have that going for himself, but that was a really nice assist. Um, For everything good he does, there's like 50 things he does not good. (laughs) It does seem like Glendening though does like to punch people in the face. That's all he's here for. (laughs) It's just it's it's just a reunion tour. Like, hey, welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to the Blackhawks organization on an AHL contract. Cool. <laughs> you're here. You're, you're here, I guess. Okay. Um, and with that, let's move into some uh, some news um, around the Hawks and involving uh, the NHL team as well. And I want to start with a um, hmm. This oh, here is we go. Okay. So let's start here. Let's start here. So yesterday, the Detroit Red Wings placed Jakob Vrana on waivers, mm-hmm. and he went unclaimed by the entire NHL. Okay, and I am just floored. I, I okay. So the whole situation is essentially the. Red Wings have basically, they're full of roster spots. So they didn't want to send anyone else down on their roster. They didn't want to, then there were, they, they also had some cap things, I guess, as well. Tyler Bertuzzi's coming back for them. Robbie Fabry's coming back for them. So they're bringing those guys back. And they decided to send down Jakob Vrana because he's coming back from a player assistance program. He's been playing in the AHL as of late, I think. And yeah. Yeah, he's ran past me. He was trying to work his way back. You did mention that. You did mention that like about a week ago that Jakob Vrana was at the stadium. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's probably back, you know, just playing now that he's back, just getting. Uh, Yeah, I was just I was just standing in the club lounge and he we usually have players run through the club club lounge, uh, especially away players. If they're just like running around the the stadium to get Mm -hmm. like warmed up and he just ran past me. Just like, it was like, oh my oh. god, that's Jakob that's Vrana. <laughs> I, I actually really like Vrana, too. Like he's, he's one of my favorite non-Blackhawks. Yeah. And so he, gets on, he ends up on waivers. And the entire hockey world is kind of shocked. And then no one claims him. And I have a problem with this. And... Unfortunately, the biggest issue is that I know that our counterpoint is not here right now because Wally was our biggest counterpoint on this. Uh So I know the arguments for why you don't claim Jakob Vrana. They stem from he makes a lot of money and the Hawks seem to take on bad contracts. Here's my issue. My issue with that is that the Blackhawks have one massive issue that I would say overshadows every other issue with the team. This team has plenty of props, but I would say they have one issue that overshadows all of them. And that issue stems from the fact that they have nobody on their team who is a shoot-first player. Does everyone else kind of feel that way? Yeah, that's 
everyone. Does anyone, does anyone else can can you think of a single player on this Blackhawks roster right now who you would consider a shoot first guy? Kane used to be a shoot first guy. Now he's a pass yeah. first guy. Yeah, but he hasn't been a he hasn't been a pass, yeah, shoot right. first. He hasn't been a shoot first guy since he won his last cup. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, simply. But I don't think um, there's anyone. I would put Radish up there. He does tend to have more of a shooting. I guess mentality. so. Mm-hmm. Like no, Domi isn't. Domi's the farthest player from a shoot from a shoot first player. You could argue Athanasiu, but even then, when he shoots, it usually doesn't hit the target. It's usually five feet away from the goal. Mm-hmm. That's true. so. Along with all those things, along with all that, the reason I say that is because. At 5v5 this season, the Blackhawks have scored 46 goals. Those 46 goals came from 57.41 expected goals. So that is that the Hawks have scored 11 less goals than they were expected to. Between the 2019-20 and the 2021-22 seasons, so the last three years before this one, Jakob Vrana scored 46 5v5 goals, and that came on... 24.84 24.84 individual expected goals off his own stick. Uh-huh. So what that's showing me is that this is a guy who can make stuff out of nothing and he will outperform his expected goals because he's a better shooter than league average because he is a natural goal scorer. Yeah. We have enough cap space to accommodate him and we have injuries and we're moving out big money either this summer or the trade deadline. Yeah. It's a two-year contract this year and next. Frankly, I don't really see the reason why Jakob Vrana can't be on the Chicago Blackhawks. I do have a question for you. I do have a question for you regarding Vrana. Mm -hmm. So, um, this cliche is used all the time. This isn't a video game. What if there's something... um, behaviorally that is going on with Verona that has caused him to be sent down. Because here's the thing. I was, I thought they're going to send down uh, Adam Ernie, who's, I think we can all agree that is far worse than Jacob, uh, than Jacob Verona. Their performance levels last year are not comparable at all. So there's gotta be a reason. There's gotta be a reason behaviorally that he was sent down. Maybe it has to do something about the behavior, the, the player assistance program, we don't know. But I think, like, if Rana didn't, doesn't have those potential behavioral problems, then I would have been all for it. But with, with that uh, with that in the equation, I, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. See, the only thing I would say with that is I don't nec- the player assistance program isn't necessarily about players right. just, like being bad people or something like right it's, and even it's, then the nhl historically has not had a problem picking bad people to win hockey right. games uh-huh. it's just that if that player is on waivers they just won't unless they're claiming from the toronto maple leafs if, if the player is coming from the toronto maple leafs they will claim them but if they're coming from any other team they just refuse to i wonder if it's a um GM to GM type of agreement sometimes when it comes to not claiming a player off it. Like, they throw the player on waivers and you don't claim them because you know 
you're going to have to do business with the other GM at other points to not tick off the GM. And I there's think got, that's, like there's there's got to be something going on that we don't know about, mm-hmm. and we probably will never know about. Probably, but at the same time, it, it just doesn't feel right that a player of Jakob Vrana's quality ends up on waivers mm-hmm. and absolutely every single team just says no to them. Like, I understand teams who don't have the cap space. Yeah. Like, if you're Toronto, if you're Tampa, okay, fine. You can't mm-hmm. afford the guy. Duh. But if you're Chicago, if you're Arizona, if you're any team at the bottom of the league who has a hole, a very specific hole in the fact that you don't have scoring on your roster. You're the worst scoring roster in the NHL. Like one of the one of the worst offensive one of the one of the least offensive teams I've ever seen in the sports history. Just yeah, I mean it is true. This team this is, is yeah, no, here, yeah, bad. Yeah, this team is wrong. historically bad at scoring goals. Yeah. And a guy is put on waivers at a $5.25 million cap hit. And the reason you say no is because of that cap hit, even though it's a fair contract, and he's definitely not over, definitely not even close to I wouldn't say that Jakob Vrana's overpaid. This guy put well, up like, you, well, you also have to factor in the injuries, too. He's always injured. He's had injuries over the past like year or two. I don't. Like what what, what was his? Some, how many how many games did he play last year? He played. Like I think 26? he played twenty six games last year. In those games, he had nineteen points though. Like I pay five produces. I would pay five point two five million dollars. But the thing is, though, he's always injured, so availability is the best ability. Yeah, I yeah, I would say so as well. But at the same time, it's a two year contract. It's not like we're locked into this for eight years and we're putting a massive risk on it. The, the, I. I'm I'm not arguing against claiming them, mm-hmm. but I do know the reasons why. Yeah, I, I see. And I understand them too. it. I understand. I, I see them too. Now, not claiming Eli Tolvanen, that is un, <laughs> that, that is inexcusable. A, that was you, just you have to. They I, that one was that one was bad. The, that was, well, that one's bad. There's a couple. There's a couple reasons why that one's bad. One, why wouldn't you want to harm the the, the predators? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to make them worse? I can't make any. He fell to the. He fell to Seattle. Seattle. Fall that low to Seattle. I don't understand that. He fell all the way to Seattle. I can give excuses for not climbing Vrana. I cannot give any excuses for not climbing Eli Tolvanen. That's you should have picked up. Management. If you have, you have to pick up Eli Tolvanen. Waivers that's young. He was a first round pick too. He was a first round pick too. In exactly a first round pick. Like Tolovin. You clean the guy. Okay. And on top of that, remember what we did with Matthias Yanmark. Remember yeah. the Matthias Yanmark situation. That guy came to us as basically a fringe third liner who was basically a fourth liner on the Dallas Stars when they won the when they went all the way to the cup finals in the bubble. He yep. came to us, we gave him second line ice time. We also gave him power play time, and he scored a ton of goals. Didn't actually play all that well, but he scored a lot of goals, had massively inflated trade value, and then we traded him to Vegas for a second and a third round pick, way yeah. above his trade value. Those two picks, by the way, one of them I believe is Samuel Savoie. Yep, I love Sammy. I love Samuel Savoie, and I believe the other one was Ryan Green. Yes. So you got Ryan Green and Samuel Savoie 
for a fraud. He's not even on Vegas anymore. He's not even on Vegas anymore. He's on. I'll, 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 I'll put it simply. You got Ryan Green and Samuel Savoie for a fraud. A fraud 30 goal score. A fraud 30 goal scoring pace. Why wouldn't you want guys who are who are naturally shoot first players to try and inflate their trade value? And on top of that, inflate Kane's trade value. Well, inflate I don't think CU's trade value. Would you even Donies? I don't think you even like if we did pick up Eli Tolvin, and I wouldn't want to trade him because he's young still. 23, right? 22? Yeah. I mean, he is young, but at the same time, I, you wouldn't trade him this year because there are concerns that if you do, then like he could feel like there's waiver things with other teams that right. claim him. But if, and we know other teams claimed him because Seattle did. But if you wait a year, that's all gone. He's got, you've got one year after this year on his contract. You can pick him up or you can have him for that year, he's a guy who can score goals for you or at least just shoot the puck. Yeah. And if you shoot the puck, then you can get rebounds sometimes. You can bang in goals. You can score more than do, one goal a game. Do we know what line he was playing on in Nashville? Because they seem not to do very well they at scratch developing. They were, barely, they were barely playing, and they had basically given up on him at that point. Yeah, they help you. Scratch they can't develop. They game. can't develop prospects for for crap. They can't develop forward prospects. They can develop goalies and defensemen, but that's yes. It. Actually, you're right. You're right. My bad. They I cannot mean, they, develop they, forwards. They, they, they develop Sam Gerrard. <laughs> I love that one. I love that one so much. Uh, they they traded Sam Gerrard for Kyle Turris. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is. And how many more years are left on that tourist buyout? Like six? <laughs> Is it eight? They gave him that. They gave an, him that contract too. I think right? it was an. I think it was an eight-year buyout, and we're in like the third year of it. Oh, and they gave God. him that contract too, right? <laughs> he didn't. I think he, they gave. They didn't, I, I, I think they didn't inherit that. I think they gave him that contract. They didn't they inherit, did. right? They, yeah, they it was. It was. It was I think they. I think they bought out the last four years of his contract, which is why it was an eight-year buyout. Yeah. Yeah, they got six years left. <laughs> oh, man, hockey. <laughs> All right. Anyways, and with that, um, to the, the reason I wanted to, I wanted to put, I wanted to put that out there because I also wanted to just say, along with some of the other things that are happening, especially with, like Dylan Strom down at Cooper League, it just feels like I we're get, not. It feels like we're I not taking not advantage signing. of our. It feels like we're not taking advantage of our asset management possibilities. Yeah, especially like, I get not signing Cooper League. I do. Get like, that I one. think he that was not playing well. He wasn't playing well, but do you think that like someone would give you like a pick for him, or do you think possibly that, that wouldn't be anything yeah. crazy though? Like maybe a probably third at best, possibly. I'd take a third. I'd I'd take yeah, a third. you take you take a third over nothing, right? But I don't yeah, think you take it a third anything. over nothing. I get not, them not signing him to whatever contract he got with Detroit. Now I do not get not signing. Dylan Strom. I would decide Dylan Strom. I wouldn't I'm saying this. I don't I, I wouldn't have wanted Dylan Strom back. But my problem wasn't not my problem wasn't Dylan Strom not being on this roster. My problem was not qualifying him and not even like trying to trade him. Because you look at the contract that, that is got, a problem too. The contract that he got in Washington to basically be their replacement for Nick Backstrom, who probably is LTIR for the next like five years. Um 
the contract they gave him was a hundred K less than his qualifying offer. Yeah. So what that shows me is basically that Kyle Davidson believed other teams when they lied to him. Yes. And here's the thing. I think we are starting to get a picture with Davidson on asset management now. And how poor it's been when it comes to calling up players at times of need. I feel like Davidson has a poor asset management attribute a little bit right now because there's players in Rockford who's performing. They finally got called up because we have Kane get injured. Tyler Johnson is sick. Okay. We also have uh, Enwistle and Kara on the IR. The fact was Inwistle and Kara's been injured for the last week. They could have called someone up in the last week. They haven't until they retroactive them to IR and Kane has a knee injury and um, Tyler Johnson is sick. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to make I, I want to make I want to make this clear. I will, I will let you ask your question, but I just want to make this clear as well. Although I think that he played well yesterday, we have to acknowledge that when we are nowhere near the cap ceiling, we were somehow forced to place Caleb Jones as a winger yesterday. That is... I didn't even think that he did all that bad, but that's not the point. Honestly, I think Caleb Jones is a better winger than he is a defenseman. I thought he forechecked really well, but that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is, why the heck wouldn't we have just put Kara and Entwistle on IR at that point? Why do we wait so long? It's poor asset management at that point. It is. Okay, can I ask this question now? Yes. I said it I said it yeah, I said it yesterday. I just want to bring it up again. So You said it literally yesterday. The clock just struck midnight. Okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> yes, we do these podcasts very late at night. This 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 point's going to get uh is going to get uh debunked quickly because what I brought up I I brought it up again with along with the point. But do you think that possibly Kyle Davidson sees the potential with the Rockford team? Now this will get rebuttaled since the Arvid Soderboom situation happened. But do you think that's a possibility? Just a tiny, tiny bit. I, can, I, can I rephrase your question for sure. you before I answer it? Sure. Do you think, I, is your question, do you think that Kyle Davidson values a Calder Cup trophy more than any success in the Hawks this year? Essentially. I do. I think I, that a... I think that winning the Calder Cup would be fantastic. I would probably celebrate winning the Calder Cup more than more than anything else that this franchise has done since the last Stanley Cup. But again, I, that point is is illogical because of what happened with Arvid Soderblom. Yeah, that's the thing. Or because maybe not illogical, but like it doesn't have a lot of merit. I mean, the other thing is like. We always said, like, we would love for them to bring in a goalie. It is worth mentioning. I don't think that I remember seeing, like, any goalies on waivers between, like, the time Soderbergh was called up and he was sent down. But you can just sign one for, like, league minimum. anyone. You could sign anyone, yeah. You could try anything. 
Like, I wouldn't even, like, give them as much money as you want. I don't care. Just sign mm-hmm. someone. But now Soderblom's injured for a couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll start to see how the scoring goes now with Reichel and Sini's now in Chicago. They, I hope they put them on the same I line would, because they already have that chemistry. So they better yeah, put them I on would, the same line. I would love to see. I, I would love to see how it goes. I don't know necessarily if you want them on the same line because I think what you want to do is you want to give Reichel genuine top six minutes going forward. I don't know if Sini is a top well, six player in the NHL. Um, and now moving to a couple more notes uh, before we head into a couple game recaps. Um, some notes on the most recent uh, 32 thoughts. Um First one, Max Domi. Nick, what has been said? Uh, well, uh, I believe it was Merrick who said it um, on the 32 Thoughts during the Sportsnet broadcast when it was like on Hockey Night in Canada. He mentioned how Max Domi is finding a home in Chicago, and it could be the fact that the Hawks and Domi could be leading to a fact where he ends up signing a contract extension with the team. If that does happen, I wouldn't be against it. Domi's played well with the Hawks. If he feels comfortable in staying with the Blackhawks through a rebuild, I would be okay with it. If, um, for instance, he does get traded, it will be later on this year, but they did not talk about a trade. They mainly talked that He's looking for a home in Chicago. Yeah, and I think that he he sees how I view this comparably to what Nazem Kadri was for Toronto. Yeah, from like 2014 to 2017. I kind of like, he was he was the one seed, letting the other guys come into their to coming into their role. Then Matthews took over him. Then they signed Tavares and he took over him. And Kadri was the 3C now. And he was a really good 3C for them. Ended up yep. trading him, obviously. He went to um, went to Colorado, had a points explosion, and was their second-line center when they won a cup. But he started out first-line center for a bad rebuilding team, drops him slightly down the lineup as other people surpass him because those are the guys who are supposed to surpass him. And I think that... Domi sees he could be that here. Yeah, I do, would love it. Do you see Domi as a as a long term if he does sign a contract, a long term center center one? No. You think mm-hmm. he could do that? Um I I could see him being our first line center for maybe one and a half more seasons before prospects overtake him. I think that the way people view Domi now and the way people viewed Kadri in 2015, 2014 are not all too dissimilar. Yeah. Okay. And I think that we look at Kadri and Domi. They were both like guys who were drafted around the 10th overall pick. You know, yeah. they're talented players. They've always been seen as talented players. I don't think that it's like, I, I'm not talking about Kadri once he left Toronto and went to Colorado. Right. I'm talking more about what he was in Toronto starting as a 1C, then moving slowly down the lineup and then becoming a very, very good 3C. I think that is a role for Domi, possibly in like the year twenty twenty six. I could you know, see depending that. depending on who overtakes him. You know, let's say, let's say you know you've got 
Adam Fantilli and Macklin Celebrini. <laughs> you don't even give us Bedard in this fantasy. How dare you? <laughs> I can't be. I can't be over idealistic. Yeah. No, be over idealistic. We're getting Bedard. That's how. That's how rebuilds work. You have to be ridiculously unrealistic and idealistic in order to convince yourself that what you're doing is right. You can't get cocky and think you already have the first overall pick, even though you're the thirty. We have the first overall pick, even though you're the worst team in the league. Yep. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, to be fair, we did see Connor Bedard celebrate with the heartbreaker. Yeah, he did so do that. He, but he celebrated with heartbreaker. He he clearly wants to come here. He want he wants to play with K. Let's just let's, a, let's just let's just talk about pull. it. Let's just say it like that. He will pull a Eric Lindros. <laughs> and he will force a trick to a black That's funny. The other big piece of news is about Jake McCabe. Um, it appears that uh, there's been rumors that the Oilers are looking at him as a potential trade target. Yeah, I saw that with uh, that 32 thought moment from Freeman and... Merrick on Sportsnet, but they got him more more involved on to the topic. And honestly, I don't think there's any interest in moving McCabe at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't trade McCabe. Trade Jake McCabe has been our best player the entire season. Yeah, and been he has been absolutely, and he's been the biggest reason why Seth Jones's play has improved over the last three weeks because Definitely. now they're playing together. Now, will you throw something if he is traded? Um, if the return is terrible, yeah, it's going to depend on the return. If I'm get, if we're not, get, I mean, like, I think he's worth two seconds now. Yeah. So if we I, get two I, seconds, you'll be fine. I mean, if I'd be okay. If he does go to Edmonton, they we do know Ken Holland is not good at making smart trades. We know. We know. Why would he want to go to Edmonton? We, like, we know. We know what happened the last time that Ken Holland traded two seconds for a player that's currently on the Blackhawks roster. Yeah. <laughs> AA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into the first game that the Hawks played this week. Um, first game was against the uh, St. Louis Blues, and surprisingly enough, this was the only game this week where the Hawks did not score first. And yep. yet we have uh, um, no, okay. no no points to show for it. The rest of the, the rest of the scoring, Taze ended up having a really good screen out in front of the power play, and Kane just put a really nice wrister past Jordan Bennington. That ended up tying the game at one. But then, uh, so the goal scorer on this play was Callie Rosen. Does that matter? He gets a big assist by Blackhawks. This is like yeah. Buddy Robinson. This is like Buddy Robinson slander. This offseason times like ten for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and like Buddy Robinson's been all. I I, th- I think I think we I think we overblew the Buddy Robinson thing. He was never going to play for the Hawks. Yeah. He's got nine goals this year. I'm not too That's upset cool. with how he's That's playing. Cool. His game yeah. works better in the AHL than it does for an NHL team. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was, I mean, it's rare when you see like all the Hawks reporters just saying, yeah, I've got no clue what he was trying to do there. Yeah. Just, because- just threw, he was behind his own net and he just threw a puck up the middle of the ice. And- it was a blind, no look pass right to the slot to a Blues player. Did he think the Blues were his team? When in doubt, send it up the boards in your own defensive yes. zone. The fact was, people weren't even questioning why is Boris Kachuk playing this day anyway. Mm-hmm. At this point, Inwhistle and Kara weren't injured. Well, Kara might have. I think they might have been. I think, they, I think they both might have been hurt this time, actually. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. You still don't... I, honestly, at this point, Kachuk is, pro, is more of an AHL player than he should be in the NHL. This is why I said earlier that that Kyle Davidson cares more about a Calder Cup than any success in the NHL is because of Boris Boris Kachuk's performance this year. Any other GM would have set him down. I get you say that, John, but Davidson's not the GM of the Rockford Ice Hogs. But he he brings up the Hawks. But he brings up all these people. Yeah, he, he can is decide to get Hawks, rid of him. And he can decide to get rid of him, and he hasn't. Yeah. So I'd... that, like, if you don't take into consideration the whole Soderboom debacle, which we all agree it was a debacle, it was wild. it's clear that it's clear that the Ice Hawks are more important than the Blackhawks this year. Hawks lose against St. Louis, and everyone's mad because they can't beat St. Louis. Um. And St. Louis is not doing well this year, but like weren't they know, wearing their ugly jerseys too? Yes, they, they were. Yeah, maybe that's what. Maybe that's why Boris Kachuk made that terrible pass. He was blinded by the by the jerseys. The ugly cool. yellow. Yeah. All right. Yellow well, jerseys should not be a thing. The next game was against Columbus, and I want to start this by just saying a post-game quote by head coach Luke Richardson. This is paraphrased, but he said that this was our worst performance of the entire year. If you've seen the rest really? of our podcasts, and if this you've seen every, if you've seen all the rest of our podcasts, and if you've seen everything that we've said so far about the entire year, and the fact this is a last place team, for this to be the worst game of the year in the head coach's eyes says a lot. That because does. we've seen a lot of games very similar to this one, but frankly, I would agree with uh, Luke about the statement saying it was the worst performance of the year Did because seven- no one gave any effort. And quality of competition. The worst effort I've seen by the Chicago Blackhawks, I've watched all season. It was frustrating. They had no life, and they couldn't get anything going. Okay, yeah. wait, hold on. Didn't we have a seven nothing game? Or am I thinking of a different? We lost seven one one time, but even yeah. then, for me, there was the a little bit more life with the team at the that difference. Point. The difference is the quality of competition. Yeah, that's true. Um. Because obviously goals aren't everything. There's like a whole bunch of other stuff that happens. But that's, mm-hmm. again, I didn't even know he said that. So that says a lot. Yeah. And so the way the game went, Athanasiu scores the opening goal. 
and that is the first of three games in a row that is still consistent, actually, up to this date, because it could happen the next game as well, where Hawks score the first goal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, anyways. They end up giving up a goal. Columbus ends up 2-1 just before the end of the second period. And then Kirill Marchenko scores with three seconds left in the second period. And I don't think I turned this game back on after that. I said right there, I said right there, this game is over. They gave up right before the end of the period. They couldn't finish a period. And I'm like, I am not watching this third period. <laughs> and I watched the entire game. Mm-hmm. It was frustrating. All, all of our goals were the, with, were within the last, or all the goals we allowed were within the last two, no, except for one. Three of the four were within the last two minutes. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. That's not a good way to end the One period. of those was an empty netter, so that, that I... Empty one of those were a goal. Empty net shorthanded, six on four. What happens? That happens again later on. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it does. But, yeah, so ends up with a loss 4-1 to Columbus. And, yeah, this was the worst performance of the year, according to our head coach. And I mean, I right don't there, blame them for saying it. It was. Mm-hmm. It frankly was. They had no life except for the few F bombs from Alex Stalock on that got caught on the hot mic, but I think I did hear those as well. I was good. Still, it's the fact that the team had zero life that night. They seemed like they just did not care. I get it, it's an early game, but wake up and smell the roses. Do something and play <laughs> hockey. Don't yeah. look like a disgrace to the sport every night. <laughs> that's, that's the third time. That's the third time this year. It's disgrace to hockey. Disgrace to hockey, yeah. And, like, this wasn't even like – I mean, it, it was an early game, but it wasn't a second half of the back-to-back. It was actually the first of a back-to-back. And the second one they looked better in. They did look better <laughs> in. And let's head right into that. Hawks take a 2 nothing lead in this game. Oh my Let's God! Who who knew you were allowed to win a game by lead a game by two or more goals? And this is <laughs> Washington Fort. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, none of the Hawks could score two in a row. Also, yeah. by the way, they were, in they a were, row, and, in and a like, row. Like they were, they were good. So the goals were scored by Kane and Lafferty. And, you know, Lafferty scored four goals this year. Three of them were against the Sharks. Two being Only, only one of them was even strength. Yeah. Um, but Tyler, you might want to go through the Kane goal. Yeah, no, that Kane goal was fun. You so, take um, the floor. Okay, so Nick, Nick and I were both talking about this because we had a live stream when the game was over. Yep. We, we talked during intermission breaks as well. But when that Kane goal was scored, we were talking to each other, and we were like, does Kakinen know goalies are allowed to play with broken sticks? Yeah. Here's why. So Kakinen goes for a goes, – goes to retrieve a dump-in behind his own net. Yep. In the process, it's something involving his skate or, or like, his stick gets caught somewhere, and it, like, snaps. I think right, he got the, right, caught in the dasher a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it snaps. You have the long, thin part of, of a goalie stick, and you have the flat part of a goalie stick. It snaps right in half at that exact spot. And he drops it, which is what you do if you're a skater. 
Yeah. Abokakinen's not a skater. He's a goalie. And if you're Grab an your NHL goalie, go. if you're an NHL goalie, you should know that you are allowed to play with a broken stick. Yeah. You he shouldn't know that you're allowed to do that. Back in the net. So after that, he's facing a rush chance from Patrick Kane, and he decides that his best way to handle his best solution to handle and it's so funny. His best solution to handle the fact that he has no stick is to put his blocker between his legs and completely expose the one hole above his shoulder. But it is just glorious. It just 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 to picture a goalie standing without his stick and he's putting his blocker between his legs and Patrick Kane, you know, a Hall of Famer with yep. over 400 goals, puts it right above his shoulder where his blocker should be. Because he probably makes that smoke. safe if his block- blocker was Oh, yeah, there. he does. I would also <laughs> say that Kane probably doesn't take that shot there if, you know, he's acting like a normal goalie. Yeah. Which, again, all starts because he breaks his stick and he is unaware that he is allowed to play with a broken stick. Let's it's got to be hard, though, to hold it with just night. the paddle. It was nowhere close to the only weird goal of that night. Yeah. yeah. All the goals were All weird. All were weird. Uh-huh. One should not count, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the Lafferty goal was... Um, that one went off his skate as well. That Lafferty that goal went off That did, his... but it, you can tell. Lafferty really didn't have it going like... More kicking motion. It was certainly not a kicking motion. It was certainly a, just. It was certainly just him stopping. That one was not a kicking motion. A cousin of the one of the next ones. Yes. yes, yes. Mark Edward Vlasic, longtime NHLer and cousin of Alex Vlasic, had a play where a cross crease pass ends up going off of his skate, and it looks sort of like a kicking motion because it looks like he turns his heel into the puck. Yeah. In a way, they end up calling it for just being a redirection. And with that, that was the second goal that San Jose scored. There were no Two goals no. in the first period. There were no Two goals no. in the first period. Yes. The refs on the ice originally called no goal on that Vlasic. Uh, they did. Yeah, they did call no goal. They ended up changing it to a goal. Now, the thing with that is... Um, that was the second goal that they scored. All goals, there were no goals scored in the first period. There ended up being five goals scored in the second period. Um, And uh, with that, the first goal that San Jose scored was a very weird one as well because it kind of just went and, like, deflected off some things and then kind of just, like, rainbowed over Mrazic's head and into the net. Mm -hmm. It's a very weird goal that was scored there. Entire period was just kind of wacky. Yeah, it was not normal hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the third goal that San Jose scored in that period was also kind of weird because it was a save Morazic definitely should have made off of just definitely a backhand that really should not have squeaked through him. If Stalock was a net, he would have made a save. I personally believe that to be the case. Yeah. And the third period just kind of got away from the Hawks. They never showed really any fight, and they lose 5-2. And that's the Hawks' fourth straight loss 
after Carolina, St. Louis, and the game against Columbus, and now San Jose. In those four games, they're scoring one goal a game. I don't think that's anywhere close to the first time I've said that on this podcast. We had a whole, wasn't our whole discussion about how this team can't score? How many, stre- how, how many multi-game stretches over the year are we going to have where we average one goal a game? Well, Probably, we uh, scored uh, two in that San Jose game. So yeah, but we got shut out against broke the streak. We, got, we got shut out against Carolina. That's true. So that's one goal a game across four games. That's true. Okay, never mind. It's probably uh, going to be another 30 times this year. Yeah. All right, and now we move into the Tampa game, and I was Tyler, at this take game. take this floor. I was at this game. Poor Tyler. I was at this game. It was a very enjoyable game, and I was there because I wanted to see one player play hockey, and that was number 38, Brandon Hale. The only reason I I wanted to be there to watch that guy play hockey again. No, they did not have a tribute for him. What is with the team team this year? Usually when it's a fan favorite player, they get a tribute. I know he's only here for a a year and a half. A simple video would have been been nice. At least just a knowledge on the scoreboard. Welcome back to Chicago. Brandon Hagel. There were oh, yeah. tears when Hagel. Oh, is it? So in the pregame intros, everyone got booed for the Lightning in the starting lineup, except there was a really good cheer for Brandon Hagel when his name was announced. It did mostly fueled me. by me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, Hagel was a fan favorite. Love the kid. He was beloved. The bagel was the thing last year. I will say. I will say for the Ice Hogs, whenever there's a former Ice Hog, they, there's usually a pretty loud cheer. Except for Kale Morris. There was not a loud cheer for Kale Morris. There was actually a lot of booze for Kale Morris. Yeah, a lot of because, you suck Kale Morris's yes, after yeah. a lot of goals happened that night. Um, they, they, There was a loud cheer for Tanner Kiro. Um, there was a big, pretty big cheer for Ryan Carpenter. Um, oh, yeah, Carp. He Carpy plays for the Wolfpack. Oh, I, Wolf I don't pack. even remember. Did Carpy ever play for Rockford? No. No, but there was he a loud cheer for Hawks. him. Oh. There was a loud cheer for him. Yeah. But yeah. So I I don't understand why there wasn't like anything acknowledging Brandon Hagel for the game. Just a it simple was, image. Would it have was been the nice. first. It was the first game for him back in Chicago since he got traded. It was, it's a very disappointing thing to happen. And, you know, I like the majority of what the new heads of the team are doing. I, Danny and uh, Jamie Faulkner, I like a lot of what they're doing. You gotta acknowledge the people who used to play for this team. Or a yeah. legendary person who was in your booth for almost... 18 years! I. It's a frustrating situation to happen because it almost feels like they want to just... I mean, rebuild doesn't mean forget the past. No, it doesn't. It means you did this to yourself. You need to fix it, but acknowledge the people who were beloved in the franchise and city. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what now, are we going to... I'm going to keep note. If I'm going to the game when Ottawa comes to town, I'm going to take note. If the Hawks don't do anything for Alex to brink it, they're a sacrilege thing, and there's an issue with the franchise. And again, I'm saying it. It's a disgrace to the fran. It's a disgrace to the fans. It's a disgrace to four fans. times. Absolutely. No, I, I 100% agree there. I agree. It, I agree. If, if there no is no arguments. tribute, if there is no tribute for Alex to bring it, it's a disgrace to the fans. It's a disgrace to Alex to bring it himself. And frankly, it's just first, it's a disgrace to Kevin Korchinski. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tyler, 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 Tyler. This dude over here, man. This dude. I think, but what's this note? Hegel did make the Hawks pay in this game. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I want to start with a couple of pregame notes. Uh, Tyler Johnson was a late scratch. He was on the ice for warm-ups. I can confirm he was on the ice for warm-ups. Yeah. What sucks, Johnson's yet to play against Tampa Bay since getting traded to the Hawks. Yeah, he hasn't played for them yet. And, you know, he would probably get a really he would probably get a really good uh, you know, ovation from Tampa, you know, if we go to Tampa. Yeah. Well, we, oh, yeah, he won a cup. He'll, 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 pro- he'll probably get he'll probably get a massive tribute there because you know they know how to respect their former players. Um <laughs> I mean, well, I mean for, uh, Ryan the fans know how to respect the former players, not yeah. the organization. Yeah, but along with that, because of Tyler Johnson's late scratch, they ended up going with eleven and seven. Yeah. They didn't really go with eleven and seven. Caleb, Caleb Jones was playing wing the entire night. Hey, it worked. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, I think I was, again, I said this already. I think he's better at wing than at defense. I thought it was crazy. I, I was like, they should just like you know, Stick experiment, him in the experiment line. with this more. I think we should just like experiment with this more. I think he's, I mean, he's a he's a good skater. I think yeah. he has decent. I think he has decent enough offensive instincts. And he was and there at fourth line. Check. His four checking was pretty good. He has the defensive instincts by playing defense. Just experiment, just just experiment with him. Put him at fourth line wing. I mean, maybe. I mean, he, came, he came rather close to scoring a goal early in the first period. Yeah, he he had a really good the chance. Thing with Caleb, he has a good shot. He doesn't use it often enough, and I think maybe if they moved him to forward full time, he might be able to put up a good amount of points at this instead of. Playing him at defense where he can be a liability at points. And he is putting up points. Yeah, he is. He is putting up points with us. That's not, that's not been the issue for him. It's just that it seems like defense there's... Defense is no liability there's, at points. There's, there's errors. In, there, he has errors in his game, which is the biggest thing. And yeah. I think that those errors are minimized when you are playing up higher up because there's someone back to take care of you. Yeah. Now, Brent Burns that, was a forward, right? He was drafted as a forward and moved to defense, right? I think right? Brent Burns was actually drafted as a defenseman, was moved to forward, and then was moved back to defense. And that's a okay. similar situation with Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. 
of course, Dustin Bufflin's was a little different because he was made. He was. I mean, when he was with the Hawks playing as a forward, he was basically like, "Okay, you're big. You go bully people in front of the net, yeah. or sit your butt up front of Roberto Luongo and cause chaos." Yeah, it was. It, it was so fun to watch. Um, but with that, um, the game gets started early, and as we said before, Hawks first goal. They were fantastic to open this game. They, they were, were ab- they were dominating play for the first like ten minutes, especially they the first were five. Especially the first five, they were dominating play, and it all culminates in a power play goal by who else but Seth Jones and the he does something. The streak something. One hundred and twenty-three game drought. From yes. a defenseman scoring a power play goal. Insane that you have to say that. Can you say the amount of games one more time, please? 123. Do you want to know? Let me give you let me give you a list of people who were Chicago Blackhawks the last time. I'll just say this out of my head. Let me just give you a list of people who were Chicago Blackhawks the last time a, a defenseman scored a power play goal for the for the Blackhawks. All right? Keith. Brandon Hagel, Duncan Keith, um, Adam Boquist, uh, Nicholas Bodan, uh, Malcolm Kirby Subban, Doc. Kirby Doc, Dominic Kubelik. Um, who else can we throw in Lincoln. there? Kevin Lankinen's in there. Um, basically, uh, anyone who played at the end of the 2020-21 season. I'm trying to or, thank a couple of them. Ryan Carpenter. Carpenter. Ryan Carpenter. Ryan Carpenter as well. Um, Calvin DeHaan. Dahan, yeah. We're doing this on top of our head. This team has changed so much in just a year and a half. Pia Suter. Suter. Kubalik. Kubalik. Jabrinkit and Kubalik. Um, I can't think of any more people. I was trying to yeah. think of more obscure people. I think we've knocked it out for the most we've part. Gotten, we got the majority of them. David Camp. Camper, yeah. Camper, yeah. All right, but anyways, that that's the whole that's the whole point of that. The team has changed a lot, and in that time, the Blackhawks did not have a goal from a defenseman on the power play, and the last one to do it was Connor Murphy, who just doesn't play the power play. No, and the last game that they did it was two power play goals by defensemen, Duncan Keith and Murphy, that same game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And now with that, oh, White Cal look too. <laughs> yep. And um, Colin Delia. Oh, Colin Delia. Yeah, you existed. Hey, no, what? No, oh, no, 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 hey, no, Colin Delia. Well no, Colin. He actually is. No, you know Colin Delia. I will not allow it. Respect, respect to him. We have um, more, more things to discuss when it comes to the Hawks. So they're playing really well, but. About halfway through the first period, they end up getting a goal. And unfortunately, you can point the finger at Isaac Phillips partially for blame, but that's mostly because the main reason for that is just because I'm sorry, you're just not as strong as Pat Maroon. Yeah. You just get bullied in front of the net and easy tap in for Patrick Maroon because of that. And that's, you know, unfortunate for the kid, but, you know, hey, if you're playing at the NHL, you got to. You, you got to play with really. You got to play against really strong players. You have to be physical at this level. Definitely. 
Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. He will, absolutely. He will. He's He'll learn playing from this. Well, see, every game he's played so he's far. Play, he's been playing well. I would still say that I think that maybe it is getting timed where we put him back in the AHL for a bit. I think I think you send him back down soon. I think the reason why he they haven't done it is just because there's an opening on the defense right now. Mm-hmm. And Tenorti being injured. Yeah, absolutely. Don't they have Mit- and, uh, Ian Mitchell up too? And they Mitchell's been playing well. I, I would absolutely agree. I think Ian Mitchell has done very good since he uh, finally got himself uh, cast away. From, once he finally got himself cast off the uh, off the healthy scratch list and, you know, was allowed to play games again, I thought he would. I thought he's done rather rather fine. Rockford has a logjam at defense right now, and part of that is because you know, I mean Isaac Phillips not there anymore. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like with everyone, including Phillips and Mitchell, we have a logjam. There's yeah. so many. We I have think like, that you like know 10. you could you could look at guys who could come up soon for the Hawks and get some games. Guys like Galvis, Vlasic, if he gets healthy. Philip Roos again could go back up for a bit. Yeah. All these guys are waiver exempt as well, which of course is important. Yep. And with that, let's move into the rest of this because it took a long time for Tampa to score their second goal and finally put the Hawks out of their misery. It took two and a half full periods before they finally scored goal two. And the fact they were buzzing the entire uh, second period is something to note. Hagel rang the pipe twice in that second period. Oh, my God. That one miss that he had? Yeah. That one miss? I saw that right in front of me. So I prefer – and I'm, I'm going to go on a little thing right here. Okay, so if you're watching a game at United Center, the best place to sit is behind either goal – either goal in the 200 level it gets you at the right elevation so you can see the play from like a good bird's eye view and also you can it's really really nice to watch the whole play develop as you watch like the all the players enter the zone next zone it's a really good angle and i always love seeing that angle when they're on a power play i've always thought that i know some people don't like it i always thought watching power plays from a behind the net angle was always really interesting. And mm. it's the, I, in my view, it's the best place to sit in a hockey game. Yeah. And with that, I saw that one shot because there were times, you know, we know we've seen with Alex Stalock before. He's just, he flails a lot. He does. He ends, he ends up in, he ends up in bad positions a lot. He was so far out of his net on that one. And when I saw, I was like, I saw the cross crease pass go to Hagel and then he misses that, and I'm like, I was just like stunned because I was like, oh my god, I came to a game to watch Brandon Hagel, and he misses that chance. I'm gonna tell my kids that Alex Stalock was <laughs> Dominic Hasek. Hey, and at least Stalock, he may get out of position quite a bit, but he's willing to go out and make a save. He's Marazic on the other hand. Nah. Nah. Yeah. But beyond that, it didn't matter because about halfway through the third period, <sighs> there's a goal for Tampa, and it's Alex Kalorn who scores. 
And then not soon after, he did it. He did it. He did it. I stood up and clapped. I stood. I stood up and clapped, and Brandon Hagel scored. And I'm not. And I'm. I'm totally cool with that. This is the only game of the year where I'm genuinely happy the Hawks lost. <laughs> I would say this: the Hawks may have lost this game, but honestly, this was probably one of the best games the Hawks have played. Yeah. All yeah, I feel that way too. I mean, I don't. That think is true. That, that is. I true. think that they they showed a lot of compete, a lot of uh, grit and determination, and this is kind of like if they were able to keep up that play in that first, first period, period throughout like the rest of the season. Like that first period is basically the what we remember from like the first six games of the year. Remember the first yeah. six games of the year yeah. when we have the same amount of wins in the first six games of the year as we have had the rest of the season? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Hagel scores. It's 3-1. That goal was on the power play, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, A and power play uh, that Hagel draw, uh, drew because Patrick Kane high-stuck Hagel in the face. Yeah, there was a high stake. It was a weird situation because I think that the Hawks were on a power play. And they then, were. yeah, they were on a power play. And then they took the penalty. And then they went to four on four. And, you know, when you have players on Tampa with four on four, obviously they're dangerous. I, <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. I thought Victor Hedman was invisible last night. I barely <laughs> noticed him out there. Yeah, no, I remember seeing him with, with, the, with the puck. I'm like, this guy is like doing nothing all game. I noticed Nick Purbix more. <laughs> Who? I mean, the only time I noticed Victor Hedman out on the ice was uh, Patrick Sharp making his comment about his goal against them in 2015's Cup Final when Hedman skated into Bishop in wide open net for Sharpie. Oh, he brought that up yesterday. <laughs> yep. I still remember, I remember that, that so vividly. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember that in that moment so vividly. Um, that I felt but, like that Stanley Cup final was the downfall of Ben Bishop and his injuries. He seemed yeah, like he got injured, injured at least, but he did play really well when he was in Dallas. He did, yeah, he did. But I'm just saying, like injury wise, it felt like he, I think he had two injuries that final, right? At least two, right? Something. Yeah, yeah. Vasilevsky played some games in the Cup final. Yeah, right. He? Yeah, he did. He played some games. I remember he played some minutes. I rem- okay, so it's not now, obviously, because Vasilevsky has established himself as in the, as the one of the best goalies in the league. But like when it was announced that Vasilevsky's playing, I was like, yes, we don't have to face Ben Bishop. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to think about <laughs> so many years later. It's such a weird yeah. thing to think about all these years later. At that time, Vasilevsky was only 21 and he was a rookie. He was drafted in 2012. Yeah. Really young for a goalie, yeah. And if I if I knew any better at the time, I would have realized how dangerous he was. Yeah, especially since the Hawks could have drafted him. Tavo's cool. Tavo's cool. Tavo has a ring. He does have a ring. With the Hawks, considering how bad that draft was, we should not be looking back at that situation with any problems. But we didn't get anything in return for Tavo. 
yeah, no, that trade was bad. And not, not, only, not only did we lose Teravainen, we also didn't even get the Bickle moment. Carolina got the Bickle moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we traded him in that deal, too. Yeah. Right. All right. And with that, um, I think the most important piece of note we're the news I should talk about is the fact that Patrick Kane did not play at all in the third period of this game. He ended up leaving the game early, and um, I've been told by Nick that there is plans for a report to come out and an update on him tomorrow. Potentially, since the Hawks didn't have practice today, so no one was able to get any confirmation on what happened with what's going on with Kane. Everyone's uh, basically. Saying Caners should have an update tomorrow after practice, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, and with that, that is everything for this. Uh, for for this, in terms of the game recaps, I want to point out one last stat before we head into players of the week. Um, the Hawks before this week were four zero and two in games where they scored first. And the Hawks this week were 0-3-0 in games where they scored first. So yeah, so the Hawks before this week had not lost a game in regulation where they scored first. And this week they lost three straight games scoring first in regulation. It's just fitting. It's just fitting. Any narrative you come up with, any narrative you come up with to try and explain this team dies instantly. All you have to do with explaining this team all you have to say, this is the worst Blackhawks team ever put on ice in their near 100-year um, existence. All right, here's actually one. If you want to explain to someone this Blackhawks roster, just show them the highlight of Connor Bedard's overtime winner against Slovakia. That's yeah. all you have to do. Just show them that highlight of him scoring that goal, and that'll explain everything. Yes. Or in Fantelli, uh highlight in Michigan. He hasn't had many. He had, a really, he had, a, he had a really nice – and Fantilli had a really nice goal today against uh, the U.S. as well. It was a really nice goal. So what you're saying is that we're the Czech team, and Bedard is the rest of the NHL. You mean Slovaks? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Actually, I would say we're Austria, who just got relegated. We are Austria. We are. <laughs> Austria got relegated today. Norway's coming up to next year's tournament. Good Which, for them. I like Norway. They always had some of my favorite international jerseys, and it's nice to see them have an opportunity in the mm. world. Juniors. They're going to get clapped, though, too. They could beat Latvia. Yeah. Maybe. They could beat... And of course, everything also depends on what happens with like the whole Russia situation. Like maybe they get Definitely. reinstated. Whatever happens there, we're not sure. Obviously, nobody knows. Especially with as also with Belarus as well, because they have also been expelled from WIHF. Yep. And those are two teams that would definitely Russia. Yes, Belarus is probably also better than Norway. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're about even. Probably, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit better. Yeah. But with that tangent aside, let's get into our Blackhawks players of the week. John, what have you got for Blackhawks player of the week? I'll, I'm going to give it to someone that you probably don't expect, uh, Seth Jones, just simply because he scored that goal. Simply yeah. because 
I'll give him praise. We've, right. we've trashed on him all year. I'll give him that praise. Nick, what have you got for Blackhawks Player of the Week? I kind of have two players I've been thinking of. I could think of Patrick Kane, but I'm not going with Kaner. I'm actually going with Caleb Jones. He actually played a solid few games, and getting an opportunity to see him play up at wing and playing well at it, I'm giving it to Jones, uh, Caleb Jones. Improvisation in a difficult moment, coming up clutch when we need him the most. Yep. I can't I can't fault you there for saying that. And uh, then for me, um, I mean, the Hawks scored four goals this week. Two of them were from Patrick Kane. I'll go yep. with Kaner. I know he got hurt, and, and we and we ended up uh, he, had, he ended up getting hurt towards the end of the game. But I'll give it to Patrick Kane. Yep. And now for the next one, our favorite, and we're all allowed to have the same answer for this one. Yeah, Nick, start with you. The Blackhawks tank commander of the week. If you guys don't know, obviously this team, who is, to explain the tank commander of the week in as simple as possible, who drove the tank and was the reason why we kept on (laughs) dropping standings points this week? Who did it the best? Nick? Number 14, Boris Kachuk. What a giveaway. What a giveaway. That thing belongs in the Louvre. That's probably his greatest pass of his career, but it went to the long team. John, John, who have you got? Um, I'm not going to argue number 14, so I'm going to go with 14 as well. And I will go with the refs that decided to call that goal for Mark Edward Vlasic. Thank you for <laughs> contributing to the tank. That was not a goal, but you helped us a lot. <laughs> All right, and with that, that is going to be it for the NHL section of the Hockey Podcast. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we get back, we are going to talk about Rockford and a couple of prospect things, and then we're going to head on out of here. So we will see you in a bit. All right, we are back, and let's get into this Rockford report. Brought to you by our very own Rockford Ice Hogs employee, John, who <laughs> works with the team and sees these players all the time and lives in the city. Um, so Soda Boom leaves early. That was that sucks. We already talked yeah. about that. Yeah, that was the that was the first game against the Grand Rapids Griffins. Ended up being a four one win for the Ice Hogs. Um, what happened in the rest of the game though? Um, so. So yeah, so Jackson Stauber gets get, what's that uh, one goal, the single goal in, and considering that he didn't, he didn't that since he barely took warmups, I I consider this a good performance. Uh, yeah, he made twenty six, twenty six or no, twenty five saves on twenty six shots. That's great. Gus had a hat trick, and then who had the other goal? I think uh, it was Lucas Reichel. Reichel. Yeah, Reichel. Reichel. So Reichel had a three point night. And then obviously we had Gus had his hat trick. Um, we gave away free hats on the, on that game, so a lot of people <laughs> lost their hats. <laughs> you had a, you, wait, hang on, hang on. You had a hat giveaway before that game. Yes. And then he had a hat trick. Yes. Um, and everyone threw that. Everyone threw those hats. That's amazing. That's um, the way to do let it. Let me go get the hat because they're actually amazing. Cool. That is the way to do a hat trick. You 
away giveaway night. It's a hat you get the same night for free, and you just yeah. say, "Got her." Goodbye. <laughs> I I know uh, there's been times where the Hawks have had giveaway hats, and they've had hat tricks that night. I remember Jonathan Taze had a hat trick, and they. Gave away um, hard helmets and they threw those out onto the ice. And then, oh, that is the best. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you kidding me? What am I looking at? It's like one of those Russian hats. I don't know what's called. That is the oh my goodness. <laughs> I need that hat. I wouldn't give that away for a hat trick. <laughs> no, or would I? That thing is exceptional. That is the best giveaway hat I've seen. Is there more to it? And turn it's it around. It's a Cosmetti hat for the Ice Hogs, but from Christmas Vacation. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that thing is glorious. So my dad's a season ticket holder, and he actually threw his when he got the hat trick. <laughs> and then, and then I get home, and he's like, "Did you get my hat for me?" And I'm like, "Uh, no, I didn't have enough time." <laughs> John, please explain what do you what do the ice hogs do with the hats they throw out onto the ice? I have no, I actually have no idea. We, I really? saw, I saw. I saw the ice crew collect them, and they had a big pile of them in the middle of the promo tunnel, which is where we send out the ice crew people, and then I never saw them again. I think it would be for me if you just donate that to like a local Goodwill. That's cool. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, that's probably what they do. Hopefully, or they do to something. A, any type of charity, just donate it to. Hopefully, they do something with them other than like just. Throw I legit them. like so we have like a curtain that we keep like because we have a big mess behind the curtain. Like, uh, how can I explain this? So, like, in the first half of the promo tunnel, it's just, like, no current. And then we have this big black current that covers the second half of it because we have a big mess behind there. We don't want people seeing it for whatever reason. And so they went behind there, and then I never saw them again. Is there any talk of their bringing back these? Probably not. Man. That's above my pay grade, so I have no idea. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so they gave away this hat, and then... Gus had a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And David Gus has been playing very well in the AHL this season. Yeah, he has. Now, and I want to get this point out of the way right now. Do we think that David Gus will have an NHL contract by the end of this season? Hopefully. Yes. I hope so, too. He's playing very well. I think he's earned it. Okay, um, so but, now we have the Wolves game. But yeah, they played against the Wolves, and this game a little bit different because all of us actually watched this one together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this game was interesting. Um, team got down 2 nothing, and then they were also down 3-1. However, both times they were down, Buddy Robinson scored. He had a two-goal night in himself. Yeah. Good game. Buddy good, Robinson, good. legend. He's, he's a very good AHL player, and I think he's played very well for himself, done very well. Then... You know, midway it was something like midway through the third period. Um, I think it was on a power play as well. It was. It was on a power play. Um, so Clendenning up at the top of Clendenning up at the top of the point. He fends. He sends a feed down low. 
uh, like down the board, like near the boards on like the right side, Dylan Sakura, who shoots it high. Goalie was weirdly in bad positioning by the goalie. Definitely. And I think the goalie that night was. Um, it was uh here I got it. it uh, Sachenko, Zach, Zach Sachenko. You are correct. Yes, it was Zach Sachenko. The goalie, weird positioning on that on that goal, and that ends up taking us to overtime. Uh, with a three-three tied game. Yep. I don't remember much in overtime. Overtime, the Ice Hawks controlled play a little bit, yeah, and then uh, the Wolves took over. That. But it goes to a shootout. It goes to a shootout. It was a fun a moment. Fun shootout. Fun shootout. Starts with Michael Tapley. Really nice goal. Let's go for tap. I believe that one was forehand, backhand. Yep. Yeah, so they actually, like, they found his, uh, what do you call uh, They found the goalie's cell. So if you go forehand, backhand, and then the goalie sprawls down onto his, on his stomach and does the dirty bird, then you can just roof it. And then it, they did it twice in that same shootout, and it worked yeah. both times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was good. Uh, he was the first shooter for the for the Hogs. He scored round one. Um, Jack Drury for the Wolves. He scored in their second round of the shootout. No goals in the third round. So we ended up, ended up going to the, a fourth round of the shootout. Fourth round of the shootout. Cole Gutman scores for the Hogs. Pasha matches him. And then we get to Brett Sini. Oh, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. This was funny. This is, this is one fun. of my favorite moments I've ever seen in a shootout. So Brett I don't Sini, even think the Revs knew what the hell. Just, just what, what exactly was this, Nick? So Zini goes up like a normal shootout. He shoots it. It goes off the backboard, off the glass, and banks in off of Shoshenko's back and into the net. The determined goal... And then the revs were like, wait, does that count? So they reviewed and looked and determined no goal. Everyone, we were doing this watching together, and we all were saying, what just happened? It was like the most bizarre thing happened. It was fantastic. If you get the opportunity to go watch it. Absolutely do. I think Cini just missed the shot wide. That's all it really was. However, it banked, it deflected off the board, hit Sachenko in the back, went in the net. I think it was it, a nice shot, though. Like it, it was, was like really a, funny. It was really. It was funny like a rocket. Too. It was a rocket yeah. of a shot. You have to in order for it to redirect like that. I think the big thing there is, you know, there's a rule with shootouts where you have to have forward progress staying forward. The puck has to consistently be staying forward. I think that that might be the reason why that didn't count. Yeah, probably. I think that is probably the reason why it didn't count because that that forward progress was not maintained on that on that thing. And also, I think that a sport where that would have counted is soccer, because in soccer on a penalty shootout, I know that they don't have like they obviously there's no area behind the goal that's in play, but in soccer, if like a if a shot goes like off a crossbar mm-hmm. and then if a penalty kick goes off a crossbar and then it's like never touched and it kind of just like, because the spin of the ball goes into the goal that counts. Yes. So it's a, it's a slightly different situation, but 
in a different sport, it would work. I think that maybe that's why the goal was originally called the goal. And then they took it off because it's like, that's not how it works here in this sport. The thing is, I know you can score a shootout goal if it rings off the pipe and then it hops off the goalie and in. That does count as a shootout goal. That does count. But the way this happened, Sini shoots it, misses the net completely, goes off the glass and back and hits Shavchenko's back and in. So... I think that's where the gray line is at, even though, frankly, it's a similar situation. You're hitting the posts, you're hitting the glass, you're getting a goal, in my opinion. I, I think like the optimism. But when it hits the post, it like it still goes forward, right? This one went like what went back. It's still it's still it's still within the confines of the goal area, I would say. I'm not arguing it shouldn't have counted. It should have counted. You've crossed the red line. You've crossed the red line. Yeah, like the red line, the icing line. You've crossed the icing line in the other situation. You know, Sini's goal didn't count, which I was like, oh no, they're going to lose because of that. And I was, okay. But then Stauber stayed steady. He made the save. Phil comes up, scores, and then they take their last shot and Stauber... Is there to deny it? And that's it. Ice Hogs win, and they've got two straight wins. Yep. And this one was in Chicago against the Wolves at the All-State Arena. Now, next day, New Year's Eve, we head to Rockford. Same teams, but now the Rockford are at home. John, how'd this game go? <laughs> uh, this game was really fun. Uh, I thought this game was going to be what it was going to be like in the first game, just complete and utter dominance by the Rockford Ice Hogs, since we are, in fact, better than the Wolves because they suck this year. Uh, Cooper Zek starts it off. Um, Wolves suck this year. Somehow the puck got into the net. Like it, it seemed like the puck had eyes for uh, Cooper's X goal. Then Roos continues to play well with his third goal in the AHO. Yeah, really, continues. really nice shot by Roos there. I it really, was a good I shot. I would love to see Roos get um, called up if, like, I would love to see him being part of the rotating cast of guys who get call-ups. Yeah. Um, Sini continues dominance with seven points, two goals, five assists in his last five games at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gutman continues great play with his at that time with four points in his last four games. Icehawks honor Samuel, who is a six-year-old cancer survivor. Um, he played. He played a game. He got to be on the bench during warm-ups. Uh, he won a prize in that game in the intermission game, and then That's cool. they showed his uh, his story on the jumbotron. Okay. That's really cool. Is it like a massive ovation for him and everything? And then. Uh, Luke Philp brought him out for the first star of the game interview. That's fantastic. Um, Ragula shows off his shiftiness with a backhand goal. And you said this before, how Ragula yeah. is trying more things at the at, at the AHL level than an NHL level. Well, last year was. This year we yeah. kind of discussed that, like maybe the coaches were saying settle it down a little bit. But, it's but he, he did it. There. He did it today, or he did okay. it that game, and he scored on a backhand. Nice. Uh, Buddy Robinson scored his ninth goal of the year after Nick slandered him all off season. <laughs> <laughs> I basically was saying how slow he is and shouldn't be in the NHL. I'm kidding, Nick. I'm <laughs> kidding. 
Uh, Weeks played well despite allowing two goals. I think it yeah. was. Weeks, was it? Called up. Weeks, Weeks only got called up because of the whole uh, Sorghum situation. Yeah, so Weeks was what was he? He was a ninth or nineteen for twenty one. So only faced twenty one shots. That's not too bad. Yeah. And then uh, fireworks after the game in the inside, arena. Inside the arena. Inside the arena. Was the fire department called? You didn't. I asked. No, we you did not die. We did not die. I promise. We did not die. We did not die. We did. We did have something really cool though. We had a flame launcher. It was absolutely fantastic, and I think we need to use it more often. Flame launcher. It's- it was a box. It was a box, and that and they had like this control center thing, and the guy would push the button, and it, it would just act like a flamethrower. You know what's funny about that? You know, you know where you'd expect to see flamethrowers? A pregame show for the Chicago Wolves. <laughs> yeah, because yes, I. My coworkers have talked about this before. They I said it gets. I, it's it, they say it gets I, really foggy during the game. I love the pregame intro for the Wolves. They I'm sorry. It. I, I they hate it. it. I've My coworkers hate it. it. Years. They, they think it's too smoky in the game. How about this? During the game. Give this scary skinny hammy the flamethrower <laughs> every game because that thing is a still... fire hazard waiting to happen. <laughs> okay. Speaking of hammy. Let him burn like, there's like There's like this little kid. Um... He was probably like two years old, and he ran up to Hammy and gave him a hug. Last game, that kid doesn't know what he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is still messed up. I don't understand why they changed it's Hammy. So, so it's so tortured. I think it. I think I it would have been fine if they kept what, the head. If they kept the head. What, it would have been okay. You know what? To be fair, I did say that that thing needs a hug. I think I did say on a podcast. I think it's a hug. So good, good on the good on the, good on the kid for uh, you know for for taking one for the team. Yeah. I think if they kept the head, it would have been fine. I think so too, honestly. Um. Okay. So now we go against the stars. I'm really happy with this performance because mm-hmm. the stars. Let me just double check. They are a top two team in the Western Conference. Mm. And this they is have, Antonio Dobin in net. Like this is yes, a guy that was is, playing in the cup. This guy was starting consistently in the cup final just three years ago. So Luke Phillips starts it off with his first goal since December twelfth against Springfield. Uh, my narratives continue to be correct with DJ Buzzdecker scoring a goal. Donald um, Buzzdecker, what a guy! <laughs> um, that was that was actually really a nice shot too. Again, by Buzzdecker. It was like real. It was like I. I just. I just like his shot a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a great hockey name. Dobin probably should have saved that one though. Probably should have. I was, was like, like he just skated. He just skated in the offensive zone and just. It was, was like at was the top like, of the circle. Yeah, it was like at the top of the circle between the hash marks. Yeah, but it was right. like past. It was. It was. He didn't even get to the hash marks yet. And he just took right. a wrister and it just got past Dobin. He definitely should have saved it. Yeah. Gus picks up the rebound. I do, don't know who shot it at first. Probably should have checked. Uh, Reichel with a sweet game-winning goal. It was yeah. in right, right in yeah, front of me, too. It was right in front of me, too. Um, and then he gets the call up. He gets the call up the next day. Hang on, question. What is better as an AHL player to score a game-winning goal and then get called up the next day? 
I mean, it is an overtime game main goal. If you haven't seen the play, I suggest you go watch it on the Ice Hawks YouTube channel. It was a really good play. Has been called up this season after scoring a game winning goal. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm glad you're keeping track, Nick, because I did not know that. I was oh, not keeping other, track. And the other time was kind of like an emergency basis. Yeah, it was. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You played it was like in New Jersey, right? You played one game yep. in New Jersey and that sent him down again. Yeah. Uh Curtis McKenzie, who my coworker hates, was a pest all game. Uh, game got chippy uh, quickly, like, like within the first ten minutes. It was there was penalties everywhere. Thirty six total penalty minutes. Oh goodness, man! Across both teams. <laughs> uh, let me, That's let like me that test. one game against Edmonton this year. Um. So it was the penalty yeah, minutes yeah, breakdown yeah. was twenty three minutes for Rockford, which I think some of those penalties were kind of iffy. Well, but I mean, you I got you had an odd number there. So was there like a fight in there somewhere? Yeah, so there was so the Mitch so uh what's his name? Garrett Mitchell. He fought yeah. someone. Oh, but yeah, they Garrett did but they gave him the penalty. They didn't give the other dude the penalty. They just like beat him up or something? I I I don't think Mitchell started anything. I think he was actually like defending his guy. But whatever. Uh so it was twenty three thirteen. That was the uh that was a breakdown. A penalty minutes. Uh, uh, Stauber played well against a top offense in the league. Dallas, or not Dallas, Texas is number two, I think, in goals four per game. I think they're only behind uh, the Wranglers, uh, yeah. Calgary's uh, Calgary's uh, affiliate team. Mm-hmm. And then Rockford gets a huge win against a top team in the AHL. So... The Texas Stars started off really badly. They were like in the middle of the pack, and now they shot up to first place in the whole the whole division. What about the Ice Hogs too? Yeah, so Ice Hogs are now yeah. second. Four game win streak. Um. So we have. What's the? So I think we have forty one points. Yeah, we have forty one points. They have forty four. Yeah. We won yeah. the same amount of games. They just have more uh, overtime or shootout losses. Mm. All right. And now with this, I want to bring up one point, and then we'll head into Ice Hogs Players of the Week. I want to say this to anyone who is having trouble watching Blackhawks games this year because the team sucks and they're never winning. Cheer for the Ice Hogs. Cheer for the Ice Hogs as much as you've ever cheered for the Blackhawks because this team is good. This team is going places. And many of these players will be future Hawks because there's a lot of good players on this team and they're contributing a lot. And not all of them. Some of them won't. But there are some guys here that you will see on the Hawks over the next couple of years being massive contributors. Like three of the top five scorers in the AHL are Rockford Icehogs. That would be Lucas Reichel, Brett Sini, and David Gust. And I two wonder how long it will last. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll be staying in the top five of AHL scoring if they stay up in the NHL, but, you know, they deserve that honor for now because yeah. they've played so well this year. When um, was the last time the Ice Hogs have had this well of scoring because it feels like this is like the one of the first years I've noticed the Ice Hogs can actually put up. Goals. So 
there was a playoff one where we we swept Manitoba and then we won quickly against the Wolves, and then we lost to Dow or to Texas in mm-hmm. the. It's been the, like a couple years. That was the that was the Jeremy Colleton coaching year. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, that was like four years ago or five years ago. That's I don't think it was that point. 2017-18. Let me see this. I think it was twenty seventeen eighteen. Yeah. Because that was that was the season that I don't that was the season I don't remember for the Blackhawks. I paid like no attention to that team because it was so lifeless. Yeah, that would have been that the Jeremy. Was, that, was, that was Jeremy Collison's full year in the AHL. God, he was he was better at the AHL. He was. So, 2018, the, the 2017-18 season. Oh, oh, yeah, it was the 20. Yeah, so we won. So we okay. So they actually did better than I thought. They swept the Wolves in three games. Then they swept the Manitoba in four games. Then they lost in six games to uh, Texas in the. Western Conference Finals. And Texas went on to play, I believe, the Marlies in the Calder Cup Finals. They did. And they lost yes. them, and they, and they lost them they in lost seven. Se- yes. That was the year, yeah, yeah, no, that was the year that the Marlies won the Calder Cup. And then so, that was the year... Um, that was, that was the last year I can think of that we put up goals at mm-hmm. will. Yeah. If you can't watch the games, because you don't have AHL TV, which I understand... Um, HLTV is kind of crappy sometimes. Follow John, and exp- yeah, it is expensive too. Follow John Frommy on Twitter. He usually live tweets every IceHawks game. All right, and can you give the can you spell the app for that? So it's at John J O N, and then Frommy, F O R M I. All right. Is there any that's like uh, space? No, or, that's a uh, no. Just, that's just a J O N F O R O M I. Yeah. He usually right. live tweets every game, so right. follow him. Good. And along with that, um, you know, Ice Hogs uh, Twitter account themselves—they always post clips of goals whenever it is. You can follow Wally's prospect account, chi underscore prospects. He usually retweets when the Rockford Ice Hogs score goals and things along those lines. And they have highlights that come out after every single game, and usually about once a week in Nick's Discord server. We will be watching a Rockford Ice Hogs game as a watch along. It'll be fun. It's fun. It's it's a good experience. We got to watch that shootout together. It was a really good time. So stop by. It's worth it. And with that, Nick, I want to come over to you first. Who do you have for Rockford Ice Hogs Player of the Week? I would say David Gus, but because John kept calling me out. <laughs> On call, uh, saying how bad this guy is in the NHL, <laughs> I'm going Buddy Robinson. Yes, Buddy. <laughs> there, I'm using the Screw City jersey to just basically say Screw I'm sure says. Can you imagine? Can you think of anyone who you think fits a, fits the Screw City jersey better than Buddy Robinson? <laughs> It doesn't just sound right. I mean, the name kind of works for it, I think. Yeah, definitely. All right, John, who have you got for Rockford Ice Hogs Player of the Week? Um, I'm gonna go with Mr. David Gust. He had a hat trick, and then 
I'm sure he had assists and stuff, but I don't have his AHL tracker site pulled up, so he probably has like six or six points this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, I am going to give a mention to Jackson Stauber because I thought he played very well over the two and a half games that he had to play this week because he actually played more than that. He played in, yeah, he had three different wins that he was a part of, won three different games for the Ice Hogs as the goalie. So he had to come in for Soderblom and then he won two others as the starter. Uh, did very well stopping pucks in the shootout. But I'm going to go with Lucas Reichel for my player of the week. What a fantastic week it is for Reichel. He had three points in the first game and two points in the second game, or in the last game of the week, capping off for five total points this week. And he ends the week with an OTGWG and an NHL call-up. What could be better? Way to go. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Puckcast. Tune in next week where we will talk all about what happened over the last week of Rockford, Ice Hogs, Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks prospects, these World Junior Gold Medal and Bronze Medal games that are coming up tomorrow, and everything else that's coming around around the hockey landscape that is that affects the Chicago Blackhawks. So thank you, as always, for joining us, Nick. Thanks for coming by, and let's go Hawks. Yes, and Nick, tell us everything about if you are on this channel. Yes. We cover the, as if you know already, I cover the Blackhawks games every game and sometimes have those live streams every now and then. Mm-hmm. But that's how it's been going, and thank you for watching. Yep, so please be sure to subscribe to Windy City Hockey on YouTube if you are listening right now on Spotify and our podcast. And if you are, if you want the video podcast, we have it right here on this YouTube channel. And if you are watching right now, you can listen on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search up the Hockey Podcast on those platforms and you'll be able to find us right there. And thank you also for joining us, John. Uh, I'm going to be watching the Ice Hogs in Iowa, so please win. And hopefully... He's, but Reichel's not going to be there, but, you know, it'd be cool for you. Yes, rub it in. Rub it in, Tyler. Yeah, he's, he's up. He's up. He's ours now. He's ours Hopefully now. I can see Reichel in, what is this, just about a week or so. I'm going to be at the game against the Sabres. I don't like you right now. Oh, so. cool. Yeah. And with that, my name is Tyler. This has been the Hockey Podcast, and we will see y'all next time. Take care. Music for this podcast was Cool Rock by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find out more at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by by forward slash 4.0.